0: Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer and episode 246 of the Speaking Club podcast. I want to open up today's show with a quote from the legendary speaker, author and salesman Zig Ziglar. I believe that you can get everything in life you want if you would just help enough other people get what they want. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking. And because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organizations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hello, I hope you're well. I am fabulous. I've just finished my second read through of a book called A Happy Pocket Full of Money by a chap called David Gikandi. And it's fair to say so that is a big part of the reason why I feel fabulous. I love that book. It's made a big difference to me. Now, I've read a lot of books uh, like this one on the law of attraction and manifestation, which have all been great. But there is a lot of stuff in those books that leaves room. Let's just say room for skepticism. And what this book does differently is start with the science and shows how all of this woo-woo stuff works on a logical level. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of it is still hard to get your head around. And a lot of this stuff remains about faith and belief. But I have seen it work time and time again in my life to create things that I desired, I intended, um, and, and sort of bring those into being for me. And aside from all of that sort of physical evidence of the law of attraction manifestation, whatever you want to call it, um, aside from that physical evidence I've seen, I know how much of a difference it's made to my being. I'm calmer, happier, more in control, and I worry a whole lot less. And just the other week that was put to the test In an extreme situation um, where I just remained calm, was quite zen about everything, was just accepting the issue and then was in a much better position to deal with it. And, you know, I feel this sort of peace and contentment and calm, even though on the surface at the moment there in the world, there seems to be a lot more to be concerned about. So. If you're looking for a boost to your well-being and resilience and you want to increase your wealth consciousness and wealth doesn't just mean money, although that's one aspect of what this book uh, promises you to get more of if you put these things into play, um, and then I highly recommend taking a look at this book and I'll pop a link to it in the show notes. It's not, you know, I'm not peddling this. It's just something that I've, you know, has had a great uh, impact on me. And I want to share it with you. So there you go. Now, one of the things that used to make me super anxious, believe it or not, was networking. I might have told you about this before, but I basically felt more comfortable being thrown in front of an audience than being thrown into a business networking situation. And when I was in the corporate world, you know, I'd go along to these HR conferences and when it came to lunch or break time, I used to like try and get to the food first. Not because, yeah, I want, obviously I, I do like my food, but I'd get there first because I wanted to grab it and then go and sort of lurk in the corner, hide away. I found it awkward to sort of break into those conversations where people already started chatting um, that other people were having. So I just waited for someone to come up to me or until the break was over. Not great for building and growing a network. And then when I started my own business, I felt even more uncomfortable with networking because it felt so artificial, like we were all pretending. And I know that most of that was on me and I've worked hard for a while now to build my networking skills and confidence, but I know I've still got room to improve. And that's why I was keen to bring Charlie Lawson Onto the show, and the thing is this, right? A lot of people feel like I did, and I believe there's very few people that feel like natural networkers. Most people feel uncomfortable in business networking situations, certainly at the start, if if nothing else. And part of that discomfort does stem from how we position networking in our minds. And I know Charlie is going to talk more about that, um, as as it was with me. Uh, But also a lot of it is down to how we prepare for the event. But networking, just like speaking, has never been bigger. Online networking is still as popular as it was during the pandemic for many reasons. And now in-person networking is back in play. So there's even more opportunity for you to build those relationships going to help you grow your business and regardless of how you feel about it the bottom line is that if you do want to grow your career or business then you've got to build those relationships and grow your network and if you know that you're avoiding networking or you just want to get better at it so that you can rock 2023 then you're in the right place and that's because Until relatively recently, Charlie was the UK head of one of the biggest networking organizations in the world called BNI. Uh, And I know a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with BNI, but they are fantastic at networking. And on top of that, though, not just that, on top of that, he's written two books. One is The Unnatural Networker and the other one is The Unnatural Promoter. He's also uh, an international speaker on the subject of networking, and he's on a mission to show people and organizations how to generate more leads and grow their profits through networking. And he's here to share some fantastic tips with me and you. So let's get on with it. Let's get over to the interview. Welcome to the Speaking Club, Charlie Lawson.
1: Thank you very much, Sarah. How are you?
0: I'm great, thank you. We were just discussing the awful weather in our respective locations. Uh, it's been pretty miserable here in the How UK. How very
1: British to discuss the weather. That's, that's <laughs> exactly what you have to do though, isn't it?
0: You know. Exactly, oh. exactly. But wait, <laughs> actually, this this is a good segue into what I want to talk to you about today, because you're a networking expert. And I think one of the things we want to get away from, which we'll see, will come out, is just having those sort of mm, discussing the weather. So is, that's, that's people's default, especially in the UK, when we're feeling oh, uncomfortable. Totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, talking of feeling uncomfortable, you call yourself the unnatural networker. Why did you give yourself that label?
1: Okay, so I am a networking expert. I'm going to fully say this first. I'm very good at networking. I'm great at it. It's done great things for me and my business and my life. Blah 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 blah. Lots of stuff, but whisper it. Don't really like it at all. If I could avoid it, I would. Um, you know, if you're in a situation where you're, uh, I don't know, it might be a social gathering. I went to a fiftieth birthday party at the weekend, uh, some friends uh, of, uh, of ours, and okay, I know I was going to have a good time. It was a social thing. There were friends of ours there. It was, it was obviously going to be fun, but I still had that little bit of, oh, really? <laughs> what am I going to say to people? How am I going to, you know? And, and I'll inevitably gravitate towards hanging out with my mates rather than going off and talking to new people. Um. So, yeah, I, I call myself an unnatural networker. I guess it's it's more on the introverted uh, scale rather than the more extroverted scale. Um. And, yeah, I... I I just find it, I I often compare, uh, and I'm not making a value judgment on these two pets, but if you think of cats and dogs, take a dog. When the doorbell goes, what happens? The dog is bouncing around, woofing, you know, just so excited to go and uh, see who's at the door. You're out walking your dog, and they'll go up and chat to other dogs. They're just sociable animals. They love that. Cats, a bit more guarded, a bit more happy in their own time, a bit more, you know, I'm not saying you can't have a friendly cat, but they're not necessarily going to be putting themselves out there. So I think it's, it's, it's a bit like that. I'm, I'm definitely more on the introverted cat side of the equation. There are plenty of people who they are natural networkers. I polite them, politely call them weirdos because they like talking to people. But yeah, they're, they're more on the other side where they, just, they get energy from going and talking to people. I get energy from relaxing and chilling out and not having to talk to people. So it, it's, it's, that's really where, we, where it comes from.
0: It is really interesting because, and it's often not even as clear cut as introvert extrovert. Because I call myself, or people would probably designate me as an extrovert. I I I love being in front of audiences. I do stand up comedy, whatever act, whatever. But I hate networking too. And it's it's that difference between. You know, put me in front of an audience. I'm, you know, I've got something to say. I'm in control, but it it it's that feeling of not wanting it to be awkward and and not want you know and and there's a whole baggage that's attached to especially business networking um, yeah, and the well, expectations that we have of each other. It's like this dance that we're not necessarily sure we want to do.
1: Yeah, I'm, w- I'm with you totally on, on on that. And you know, I speak quite a lot, and people say to me, "How can you be an? Um, you're not unnatural. You do you look so natural, but it's totally different." That's public speaking. I love it. I'm saying so, I'm very natural at public speaking. It's that small talk awkwardness thing that I don't like. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that that's what we're saying. And it, it it's just, you know, people, you might think that over time, I've become more used to it. And I'm now natural. One of the first events I went to post pandemic, I remember I can picture it was it was a professional speakers association uh, conference. And there's a lady there, someone I know fairly well, a Lady called Chantal, she's in marketing. And she knows who I am. She knows I'm, I call myself an unnatural networker, but she'd never really seen me absolutely in operation, if you like. And she came up to me just in one of the breaks and said, You really are an unnatural networker, aren't you? And yeah, I really am. And it's the thing, I know that I can do it. I know that I'm good at it. I know that, I, you know, as soon as I get into a conversation with someone, it's going to be fine. They're just another human being. It's not a problem, but it's still that just slight sort of feeling of awkwardness uh, that uh that, that you get and you know the the, the worry that you're going to get into some tedious small talk conversation about the weather and you never go any further that kind of thing that's 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 what i do.
0: yeah and i yeah i mean and I, I remember when i was uh so my my corporate background was in hr and i used to get sent along or i'd put myself on to conferences and stuff and and then there'd be the, the break times where you'd be like you have to sort of mingle with people and I would always go and get my food and try and hang around in the corners really weird like I just you don't want to break into cliquey conversations and you you don't want to be the sort of you know so anyway so it's it's definitely something that a lot of people feel so how you know talked a couple of ways of how this manifests you know but how else can you how would you describe how it's you know manifested as it held you back before you became an expert because presumably you've had to manage and and learn how to network effectively to become the expert that you are how was that holding you back do you think
1: I I, I don't think I'd probably put my finger on what there was actually something going on before I was aware of it I'll tell you where it came about my past fairly recent past I I finished with the organization fairly recently I used to run BNI uh, Business Network International in the UK and Ireland ran that uh, at a national level for the last 13 years. And I was involved as a, as a franchisee within the organization for another few years beyond that. So I've been in BNI 18 years. And over time, I mean, BNI is a great organization for small business I Definitely say this. And particularly for unnatural networkers, because it gives you a bit of discipline and account. You've got to turn up, for example. You've got to be there. And if you're not there, then you're going to get nothing out of it. And uh, it's not going to work for you. So just having to do it, uh, give you an example means that you you kind of get uh, get used to it, but I don't think I particularly realised I was an unnatural networker until a bit later on. So I took on the uh, the role of running BNI nationally, and there were two of us that ran the business: my uh, myself and my business partner Tim. Now, if I can say Tim was uh, the intelligent one, I'm going to put it that way. He did all the I'm going to say he did all the work. Honestly, he did the contract, the spreadsheets, the you know the financial models, everything that needed to be done to run the business. That was his side. My role was being the public face because I enjoyed the speaking and I enjoyed getting out and, uh, and and doing that. But that meant I had to go networking. That was uh, that was one slight challenge. Um, but when we were talking about this role and how we, you know, how can I make this work? for you, A lot of people said, I've "Got to write a book." That's 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 you know just be a good thing for you to do. So it was obviously going to be a book about networking, a sort of how-to guide, if you like. And it was only in the brainstorming for that initially it took quite a while. It wasn't going very far. And then I was having a chat with uh, with this guy who uh, who knew very well had go, gone in the office, and just said, "You don't really like networking, do you?" And <laughs> it struck me. I was like, "Yeah, of course I." That, that's absolutely, it. and that's where we came up with the name Unnatural Networking. Honestly, from then once I'd realised that, and I was writing the book from the point of view of people who don't want to network, it flowed out. It was it had taken me ages to get to that point, and got, not got done much done. But then suddenly, it was just it just went so quickly. So yeah, one i Pigeonhole myself, if you like, and, and realize that, that is what I am. Yeah. Then it became really powerful because I really do connect with other people who are the same. Uh, and the number of unnatural networkers. Saying, I'm, I'm so glad you've admitted to me that you find it a bit nervous walking into a room at a network event because I do, but no one ever admits that. This is the problem. Most networking experts talk about it from the point of view of loving network. They love. They're passionate. But they love it. They can't think of anything better than going to talk to people. I can't think of many things worse, if if I'm honest. I'm on the same side, if you like. I think think that's where it's become really powerful.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because I actually love talking to people. Like, we're doing this. I love finding out about people, love asking them questions. There's that initial discomfort of breaking the ice, getting into the conversation, which is always, you know, that's the bit that I don't like. Or when people are in huddles, uh, you know, and you feel yeah, like yeah, this does make it, it sound
1: like I don't like talking. About it. I, I I do like talking. About
0: yeah, people. you do. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's
1: just it's just the awkwardness. And yeah, once you're over that, you're fine.
0: Basically. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's and I think that's I, I can absolutely raise that. I'm sure other people can too. So, um, okay, you do a talk called Network Like a Superhero hmm. with your expert eyes on. Now, what would being a networking superhero look like?
1: Well, I, I think this needs the context of who that talk's aimed at. It is aimed yeah. at the most unnatural network, as you can imagine. So, right. you know, think of someone who really, really looks shy, introverted, worried about it, all those feelings of awkwardness we just talked about it. Don't, you know, perhaps have had poor experience of being hard salty because you get a lot of that and that's just put them mm-hmm. off it. But basically people who really, uh, that, that that's who that, that this talk's uh targeted at. Um And to be honest, there's, there's, Look, once you get into it the networking content is the networking content it's it's not it, it, like so many things it's not rocket science but really for me being a superhero is not feeling like everyone else knows what they're doing and I don't so this this is what I get so often I go to any event and it's, this has been throughout my my uh, my working life and I go in the door whatever event it might be and I see a bunch of people And they're talking, chatting, have a coffee, have a glass of wine, whatever whatever type of event it is. As I said, you know, it could be the same at a 50th birthday party, a social event. And I walk in and I think, everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone's looking at me as though I don't know what I'm doing. Honestly, they don't know what they are doing five minutes before when they walked in the door and they've just got into it. And I know that I'll just get into it. So it pretty much is nothing more than that. It's feeling like you... Belong. It's feeling like you know it's not the case that everyone else knows what they're doing, and I don't. That's what I mean by networking like a superhero.
0: so so it's a mindset thing before you get into the practical things of yeah. what you can do to improve your networking and and effectively build relationships and get more referrals, which is why we network. I mean, that's in business, I guess there are dimensions. You know it is about getting out and meeting people. There's a social side of it, especially when people are you know, solopreneurs and stuff like that. But there is also the side of it that you are there to meet people, to increase your network and, and grow your business and and all of that stuff too. That that is that is part of it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. And everyone knows that they rely on referrals. I mean, you, you ask any business owner, small business owner, large business, you know, they rely on referrals. Word of mouth marketing is such a powerful way to do it. You know, think when you go on holiday somewhere, you're booking a restaurant to go out and out. at. What do you do? You go and look for recommendations. You go and look at reviews. You look at what people are saying. And whenever you're buying any product or service or trying to sell your own product or service, people are going to be judging it in the same way. Um, so yeah, to get referrals, it's a business necessity. I mean, the only business that doesn't need a referral is a re- business that doesn't need any any clients. And how many businesses don't need clients? Obviously, you're not going to be in business as long as you don't have any clients. So no, we, we know that referrals are a way to grow our business. Um, networking is a way to get... I, I think the challenge is for so many people that it's this word, networking. You know, it's this title that gets put on it, inverted commas, networking. All it is, is talking to people, And getting to know them building relationships that's all that's all it is and if you say if you you say to anyone well do you do you go out and have dinner with a bunch of friends and of course they do yeah you're not going to call it networking obviously but it's exactly the same thing you're having a laugh with your mates and you're you're getting to know them better um and you're right it's just the mindset that we're we're putting on it that's what i try and help people with
0: brilliant and then How do you yourself these days with all of the knowledge and expertise that you've developed over the years, prepare for a networking event so that you are in the best frame of mind, so that you have maximum chance of connecting with people and, you know, building a network that's going to support you in your business going forward?
1: So I think there's three things I do. I mean, there's there's probably uh, more detail on this, but to, to give you a, a, a nice, short, uh, sensible answer, people can hopefully do something with here. Three things that I do. Number one, I prepare. I'll set a goal for, you know, the event or the, uh, the the networking that I'm doing. And I think that's really important. One, because it gives you something to shoot for and then you can say, yes, achieved, hopefully. And then, you know, you give yourself that sense of satisfaction. I think the the challenge that some people have is they'll set wrong goals. They might say, right, I'm going to go networking, so I need to go and close three pieces of business. Totally unrealistic, because if you think you've got to go and close a piece of business, you've got to sell to them. And who goes to a networking event intending to buy anything? No one. So you're not going to be able to do that. So that is totally unrealistic from the start. Um, It may also be that I don't know if I don't know. I think this is the thing I like about networking: is the random nature of it. You have no idea who you're going to meet. That's that's one of the the, the fascinations. I mean, I'll come on to another bit of preparation. There may be something you can do to prepare to see who you want to meet, but it is the random nature of it that that I love. So I will always set a goal, and I'll say I'm going to go and meet. I'll pick a number here. You can pick your own and put your own number in. I'm going to go meet five new people. Might be one, might be ten, might be whatever number. It doesn't matter. But I'm going to go and meet. Five new people, get to know five di- five different people. That's the goal I set because then I can say, right, three down, two to go. If I'm thinking, oh god, do I, do I have okay. to continue with this? That kind of thing. Uh, so that's the first thing second one's talking about I mean I, I mentioned that you, you love the randomness and you, you see where it goes with it I will see who the delegates are if, if I possibly can so ask the organizer ask uh, you know when, when, you, when you're invited who's going to be there because if you can find the right sort of people for you I think that's that's going to be a, a, a good thing to do you know looking for your target market do you want to speak to lawyers for example if you want to speak to lawyers we'll look and see if there's any lawyers there that's a, a, an obvious way to do it last one third one and those two I do before I get there. This one I do as I walk in the door. I will often be found, let's say the event is in a hotel somewhere, and you walk in, and there's the room, and everyone's there networking. I will never go straight to that room. I will always go, and excuse me, this is going to sound dodgy, but it's not, I promise you it's not, I'll go to, to the gents. I'll go to the bathroom, and I'll look in the mirror and give myself a good talking to, but it's all right. They're just pretty, I promise you I do that basically every time I go networking. And that just little, giving myself a good talking to, honestly, psyching myself up for it means I just go in and do it.
0: That's cool. Yeah. I I think um, that's really good in terms of sort of doing that affirmation stuff. I think also some people might, if you haven't got, if you can't talk to yourself, there's people around, go in the cubicle and do something like a power pose. I've heard that work before. (laughs) You know, like uh, some people also have like their, you know, their go-to tune for getting themselves yes. up, that sort of, anything oh, like absolutely. that.
1: Yeah. I've had so many reactions to that. When I've talked about that, I'll have the natural networkers, those weirdos that I politely call them, going, what the hell are you talking about? Why do you need to just get on with it? And I'll, I'll have a promise you, I've had the number of people who've said to me, I'm so glad you admitted that you do that because I do exactly, exactly the same. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that's helpful. Another thing that you talk about is... Leading the networking conversation with differentiation. Yep. What do you mean by that?
1: I mean that most networking conversations—being brutally honest here—are utterly tedious. Take take this the right way. This is a good conversation, but so many conversations just aren't. You know, you're being a sold at. B. They're just talking at you. You can't get a word in edgewise. Uh, C. They're just literally listing off their products and services. I can do this for you. Can do that for you. I, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm sorry. I, it seems rude, but I don't care. And being brutally honest, as I say, I don't think anyone cares. So everyone virtually does that sort of thing in the networking, especially when you're, you, you know, people have this expectation. Like we were talking before, they've got to go make some sales. They've got to go and get some business. And, and I don't understand that. You've got to put food on the table. I, I get it. But that's just not the way to do it. So how do I differentiate? I will ask a different question. I asked a question on LinkedIn only yesterday. This is one of my good go-to questions what do you do, what do you, imagine you've got a day totally free, you've got no responsibilities, no obligations, haven't got to do anything, what would you do, what are you into basically, that's, that's the question, find out stuff about the people, the other person, if you can find that they love, I don't know, pick an example because I'm picking something that's uh, one for me, Formula One, I love Formula One, if I get and chat someone about Formula One, they will have a great conversation because it's interesting, it's just something I want to speak about, and the chances are you'll be remembered afterwards because when you follow up later, you'll say, Oh, remember we had that chat about blah, 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 and you get them back right there where they were. The other side comes up. If you can find common ground, great. Doesn't always happen, obviously. But remember a conversation I had with a, lady at a networking event last year, and she was when I asked this question, she said, I would spend my day crocheting. I love crocheting. I promise you, I have no clue about crochet, I have no I doubt I ever, ever crochet, but. While I didn't share the interest, because she was talking about something she was interested in, her passion came through. You could see the energy. You could see the excitement. There. She showed me a couple of pictures of things she crocheted. This, like this blanket that she had on her throat that she had on her sofa. And I was like, wow, that is, it was amazing. So you can really just see, you get a sense of who people really are. And I think that's the key. Everyone thinks you've got to go networking to talk about, it's got to be business. It's a business event. No, you've got to talk serious business. but no. We're building relationships. Clearly, at some point, you will talk about business. I'm not saying you'll never do it. But if you're going to get to know people well, build relationships, and indeed, in time, honestly, become friends with people. I know people don't probably go networking to get friends, but you become friendly with people. Well, you need to find out about the stuff that drives them. What, what are they into? What, what, what are your passions? What, what, are you, what do you like to do? And then I, I think you will differentiate yourself very effectively that way.
0: That's That's really helpful. And I think the other thing that, you know, the underlying point to this is that in the six stages of the customer acquisition journey, the last three and perhaps the most important are know, like and trust. And, yeah. you know, if you're building that rapport and that relationship almost before you get into the business side of things, in in some senses, those barriers or those parts of the journey are already covered off. So it really does help so that's that's great and it's also interesting to find out about people I spend too much time asking questions though and I forget to say anything about me i just like uh, uh, you know that's a, probably a bit of a net, networking faux pas that I do but anyway good now the other thing you've talked about the mistakes that people make the hard sell the talk talking about features and benefits and I mean I teach pitching I know you help people with uh, pitching too you know, there is always that, or normally in the networking event, that part where you do your thirty to sixty-second pitch. Yep. What do you think are the ingredients of a good pitch?
1: Um, I, I qualify my language slightly. I, you hear the old the, the phrase, the elevator pitch, and you know that thing when you're in you're in a lift with for one minute with someone who's you know going to be immensely Richard Branson, you know, whoever it might be, someone who could who could really help you. Being realistic to deliver the networking pitch—that sorry, I, I just don't believe that that's ever going to going to particularly be realistic or work. But you're right. In most networking opportunities, you'll get a chance to to present your business, uh, be that for a few seconds or a few minutes. Um, and I think there's two key things that I would want to get across. Uh, again, I like we were just talking about with the uh, conversation, you know, just the general open networking conversation. If you're just listing off, I can do this for you, you can do that for you, the, this service, that service listing off your features and how that will help people i think people just turn off again I, I just don't think people care they're not they're either worried about what they're about to say for their turn in a few minutes time or they're relieved that they've had their go and quite, quite frankly they're not listening so don't do it best way to grab their attention i always think is to share a story about how you've helped a client if you can uh, share a story it just makes such a difference on I'll share a story I'll give you an example of one that I've uh, I've I've used this before Uh, this was a travel agent Uh, it was in a it was a slightly longer presentation than than a a few seconds this one so a bit more time to share it but she'd received a call about quarter to six on a Friday afternoon she was just to be honest wasn't really being very proactive with anything she was planning her curry that she was having with her mates that evening call goes off in the office lady on the other end of the line says obviously very upset you could tell she'd been crying she said Got a real, real problems. You'd to get married tomorrow. You'd have to fly off from my honeymoon to the Bahamas on, uh, on Sunday, but flights cancelled. Whatever reason it was, there was no flights. And she was ringing literally last minute. Is there anything this travel agent could do? She said, I don't want to promise anything. Let me, let me see what I can do. Where will you be at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning? And she said, well, I'll be getting ready for the wedding at my mum's house. I told her where it was. Put the phone down, picked it up again, called a couple of contacts. Managed to get online and managed to source in exactly the same package of holiday, just sort of same sort of quality hotel, a couple of excursions, dates, obviously, said prices, all those sort of things. It was just to Hawaii, not the Bahamas, where there wasn't any flight restriction. Next day, went around to the ladies' mum's house. There you go, there's your tickets. Normally, it'd be 150 quid per ticket, late booking fee. But hey, my wedding present to you. Hope you have a lovely, uh, lovely, uh, great and lovely wedding and a, a, a wonderful honeymoon. Uh, and two weeks later, she received a postcard in her office, this mm-hmm. idyllic Hawaiian beachside scene, you know, you can you can picture it. And it just said a few short words on the back. We don't know what we'd have done without you. End of story. My question always is, would you refer business to that travel agent? Of course you would. Why? And everyone said, well, she's good at her job. She offered great service. She offered a discount, blah, 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 all these things. No, none of those are right. The reason you'd be prepared to refer business to it is because you heard a story. It's the story that grabs, honestly, it grabs the emotional heartstrings. You just want to know what happened to this tall lady on the day before her wedding. He we're human beings. That's what we want to know. So yeah, tell a story or get a story in your in your networking presentation. Uh, obviously, it has to be quite quick. I get that. But if, essentially, if it goes something along the lines of a customer or prospect was worried about X, I managed to help them with Y, result was Z, i.e more profit more time or whatever whatever the good stuff was then that's uh that that that's uh that win second thing to put in is be specific with who you're after so if like we said before if you're after lawyers well, say lawyers which lawyer in fact you know you never know who people are going to know never assume i think this is a, one of the, the, the things that so many people do with networking they think well i've got to sell to the people in the room we've always said already said don't sell to them it's not about the people in the room. There's 50 people in the room, or do those people know lots and lots and lots of other people. It's those other people that you can really should really be targeting with the, with your networking if we're talking about doing referrals properly. So yeah, tell us a story, link it probably best to, to the specific target, i.e. you want to help someone else in that same situation, and then let those people go out and do the work for you.
0: But it's interesting because I know that um you you know, one of the things that I know we we do have a lot of uh, common ground on is this storytelling and how important that is and I you told the story actually about that second point I saw I just was doing some research on you um and I think I don't know if I've got this 100% right but maybe you can share that story we've got time it's another example um of you don't know who's in the room and who they know it was around a a chairman of a hotel group
1: I thought you were going to say that yeah Hilton hotel group yeah uh, yeah, I'll share that story. That This was a BNI and i training session I was running. In fact, it wasn't, it wasn't so much a training, it was a business development session we were running at the end of a meeting. And there were maybe, I don't know, 40 people in the room, let's say. And I was going around the room and every single person was saying, well, a good referral for me would be X. And the the point was, they'd have to be specific. Now, you can't help everybody, clearly, but you know, you were going around and there were some people, oh, I can help you with that. And I don't know them, but I, I, I used to play golf with their brother or whatever, those kind of Possible connections were were coming up. As you, when you're in front of a room, you can always you're always reading body language. You'll uh, you'll you'll done that many, many times. And I could see this guy in the back corner, and he was literally sitting back like this, bit of a smirk on his face. You know, he, he was kind of like this. And I was just like, this. oh it's going to be interesting when we get to him. Came to him, and he's like, uh, move on, mate. I was like, look, oh, give it a go. You never know. We've we've seen some great opportunities here. Uh, he was a, a marketing, He's in marketing, this guy. And uh, he uh, he said, no, 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 honestly, if you're trying to tell me that this group of small business owners are going to help me, I'm just, I'm, I, I, I don't believe it. I said, who who do you want to speak to? He said, look, they're small business owners. I need to speak to the marketing manager of the Hilton Hotel Group. No one's going to be helped to it, help me, that." I didn't say a thing. The guy, two seats along from him, and stood up and said, you know, I live next door to the chairman of the Hilton Hotel Group. Our kids go to the same school. We were at a party the other day I can easily call him, but I don't think I want to now because I kind of see how you're going to, you, you never know basically who's in the room. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the room fell about, the guy was very sheepish uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was quite amusing.
0: That's a brilliant story. And I think that's another reason why it's about building relationships first. Yes, then, he, he,
1: he really <laughs> it. I, well, I, I don't know if he permanently scuffered, but he certainly did uh, temporarily. <laughs> the guy was not intending to refer him.
0: Excellent. And that's a lovely segue in in terms of speaking. So obviously this is a speaking club. Pitching is speaking, you know, all networking is still speaking to people. It's just a different race. Yeah. You actually do do a lot of speaking though. How has that helped you to build your brand and business on? Certainly when you were running BNI, how was that helping you in that sense as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two, two parts to that question. Uh, I, I uh, intimated earlier that I, I recently stepped down from BNI. That was in uh, this, this uh, July uh, this year um so uh, yeah definitely i'll be using speaking to build my brand as i build a new business now Uh, i'll I'll refer to the bni time uh, if i may just for now like i said before we were talking about the the writing the book the unnatural networker and being honest the main reason for doing the book was to get the speaking opportunities i mean i spoke a lot within bni i I mean that i almost considered that the the day job if you like that was what i was supposed to be doing because you know whether it was in front of bni groups bni regions bni teams in you know across the uk and internationally you know I, I did that the whole time but i was also looking to to get opportunities outside of bni other networks maybe organizations uh yeah there were definitely different organizations that we we, we went and did stuff for Not, they're never going to be bni members that, that wasn't the point the point was you're positioning bni alongside some of these other businesses so yeah no speaking is a very powerful way to to Obviously, you've got to do a good job. Don't, don't you can't just. You know, I was going to say instant credibility. It's not instant credibility because clearly, if you don't do a good job, you, you'll you'll damage your credibility. But do a good job speaking. Uh, the ideal audience is when you've got people coming up to offer and say, "I need to talk to you. I need you to come and do mm. talk to my organisation. Come and speak to our people about uh, about it." So yeah, speaking is a great way to to grow your business.
0: Networking is a great way, but it's it's kind of like networking on steroids because. If you do a great talk in that room and do all of that stuff just on a wider scale, the referrals potential is, is obviously well,
1: Yeah, definitely. And I'll give you a good example of that. Last year, I spoke at the British Franchise Association uh, conference. Uh, it was one of the first uh, post-pandemic conferences I attended. Uh, and this was a great tip for any unnatural networkers who are speakers. Uh, if you get yourself speaking then you don't have to go up and talk to people you don't have to have that awkward thing because they come up to you they say oh i love to talk about xyz much (laughs) much easier so yeah no it it definitely works well for networking
0: cool okay now we may have covered some of this but there may be something extra you see or just even if it's it's a summary of what we've been talking about could you share the three biggest mistakes that you see people making when they network
1: Yeah, we've covered one of them. I'll mention as a summary. That's selling. Do not do it. Waste of time. You're building relationships with people. That's as simple as that. As I said before, no one goes networking intending to buy anything. So don't do that. The two others I'd give you here, we haven't discussed so much. One I'm going to say, or the second one I'd say is not going. This is a mistake. And I think a lot of people do it. I certainly see it in my world with Unnatural Networkers. They... Well, they're shy, nervous and have a fear of it, honestly. So they don't go and then they don't get the opportunity. Networking can give you so much, so much, but they don't open uh, themselves to the opportunity of it. So, you know, take that brave pill, you know, go and give yourself good talking to in a minute, mirror, go and pull that power pose, just go to that event. Once you get talking to someone, then I promise you it will be okay. Um, So yeah, not going would be another big mistake. And the other one we haven't really touched on this so far is, it's something called, we call it in networking follow-up. Uh, and it's a, a bit of an abstract concept when you just talk about it on its own, but it's, it's very simple. It, all it is is doing what you say you're going to do. So if you're chatting to someone when you're networking or you sit down with them for a coffee and you, you sort of talk through each, uh, you know, each other's businesses and how you might help each other, whatever you agree at the end of it, do it. That's all, all it is. So if you said you're going to send an email, send an email. If you said you're going to connect with someone, connect with them. If you said you're going to meet up again in two weeks' time for a coffee, do that. You know, just do what you say you're gonna do. Nothing, nothing more than that. The problem is, we talked about no like trust. I look at it in terms of your credibility because follow-up is your first test of credibility. Let's say you've met someone for the first time, you've hit it off a bit, and you know that you can see there's some good potential to, to, to chat again, and you agree to meet up in a, a week's time. If you don't then do it, then what are, how are they look at you? They're just can I tr- trust this guy? You know, it's a test of credibility. So Whatever you do, do it. The good thing is, and this is another good point for us unnatural networkers, is we might fear networking. We might think that we can't network. We might think those extrovert, you know, work-in-the-room types are always going to get more from their networking. The reality is so many people don't follow up. I don't know why. I can't understand it, honestly, because it is that credibility issue. But if you can just do what you say and can do and do that credibility thing properly, you'll immediately put yourself in an advantage above so many other people.
0: Those are great. Those are great tips. Thank you. And I guess, I mean, the follow-up might be, might be the first of these next things, but could you share three tips for getting more referrals and business? So, you know, is there, do you just avoid that? Just say, look, it's just about relationships and and things will naturally happen? Or are there, is there other things that people can do to, to move, you know, to increase their chances of getting referral?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that well, we talked about one being being targeted. I'll I'll, I'll touch on that and just expand on it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You actually hinted on this in, in a second a few minutes ago when you said sometimes in a networking conversation, I'll I kind of don't say enough about me. I don't think any, there's nothing wrong with looking to get something from networking. Clearly, you want to be building relationship and trying to help people. That's that's you know that's got to be your first. Water call, but there's nothing wrong with saying, look, there's got to be something in it for you, otherwise, nothing's going to come of it. So do that thing about being specific, be targeted, think about your target market. Who do you want to speak to and be clear about that? And once you've got relationships with people, you know, honestly, they want to help you. Think about when your best mate calls at 3 a.m. Do I really want to take you'll answer it because it's your best mate, you'll help them. I'm not saying that you will have to take calls at 3 a.m. <laughs> now you're going networking, but take the point that you know when you've got a relationship with someone, you'll want to help them. So they'll look to help you. So yeah, do uh, use your relationships once you've got them. But I think that leads me on to the second point. I think the relationships is, is the key thing. If you haven't got the relationships, as we've said various times, it's not going to happen. And I think the quickest way to get relationships is to help people. Mm-hmm. If you help them get a referral, if you help them with their business, I'm not saying it's a guarantee of a, right, I'm going to give you a you know return referral back, but there's certainly going to be more in, in Uh, you know keen to try and help you because it's just human nature you know it's like the Christmas card list you receive a Christmas let us whip them off a Christmas card when you receive one or you know you have someone around for dinner oh let's receive we should reciprocate sometime shouldn't we you know it's just a human trait that we all have so uh, yeah help other people get help as many people as as you can to to get where they want and promise you it's going to come back to you and that would lead me on to the third point The other tip for this is, it's just not a quick fix. Don't go in expecting to suddenly, you know, click your fingers and you'll suddenly have loads of referrals. It just doesn't work like that. It takes time. There's been studies done on the amount of time it takes to become friends with people. Uh, I haven't got the exact uh, details of it, but it talks about how you become sort of vague friends, close friends, and really close friends. It It talks about the amount of time you need to put into a friendship to become close friends with someone this study reckoned that you had to spend 200 hours with them wow that was a study it was a study done uh, I, I'll dig it out and we can I, I'll give you the details <laughs> later so you can you can reference it if you want it's in in uh, in my second book actually the unnatural promoter but yeah 200 hours think about that for a sec you know that's spending that's a lot of coffees if you're doing it that way look shared experiences obviously it's not always with one person the whole time it, you know i'm not necessarily saying you're going to try and become close friends with someone but if you want to become reasonable friends with someone it's still going to be a, a chunk of time so yeah give it time it's not a quick fix you know results aren't going to come overnight that that would be a, another tip to get results. just keep helping people do that thing once you've got the relationship being targeted and ask what you want and then uh you know over time it will come
0: Great, great stuff. Um, you just threw in there at the end that you've written another book, The Unnatural Promoter. What's that one about? Yeah.
1: So I, I realised on, I'll, I'll tell a quick story to illustrate why I need to write this. This was the book launch of the first book, The Unnatural Networker. It was a uh, bent at the BNI office. We had a, a room uh, downstairs where we where we could have have things and the team in the office done an amazing job. I am not someone who likes throwing a party for them just just not my thing at all as you can probably imagine but the team had done an amazing job it was a sort of after work due so there was some fizz and lovely canapes and you know the room had been done it was amazing and I don't know had probably 50 70 60, 70 people there something like that and I remember if it started at 5 30 530, at 5 35 one of the girls in the office came after me where was I I wasn't in the room I was upstairs behind my desk doing some emails, <laughs> or trying to avoid having to go down there. Look, I knew rationally that people wanted to be there. They'd been invited and they'd accepted the invitation. That's a sign they wanted to be there. Uh, I knew rationally that they wanted to hear my experience of writing a book. They wanted to get a copy of the book. They wanted to meet me and discuss it and chat about it. But I still felt totally uncomfortable being the centre of attention. Um, and uh, yeah, so I realised that day that I was uh, an unnatural promoter uh, it's unnatural and self-promotion, but just for the pithy title, And uh, had to stick with the word unnatural. I went with the unnatural promoter. So, yeah, it talks about how to, to get uh, more business, how to promote yourself effectively if you don't like blowing your own trumpet.
0: Oh, cool. excellent. Okay, good. Well, we'll put both uh, links to both books in the show notes for people. Now, I want to come back and point people to where they can find out more about you, do business with you bookkeeper speaking whatever but before that I have some standard questions to ask you that I ask all my guests
1: this is the bit that I'm terrified (laughs) on (laughs) I can do all the other stuff
0: (laughs) you'll be fine no problem okay so question one this is the speaking club what's the best thing that speaking has done for you
1: it's the best thing that speaking has done for me um I just love the feeling of it honestly I'm in my happy place when I'm up there on the stage and I'm you know it's the point coming back to the point we were talking about earlier with you know how can someone you're so natural up there you're not an unnatural network no no it's totally different so I I love the fact I call myself a situational extrovert because I am more extroverted in my behavior when 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 I'm on a stage um but yeah it's the fact that okay you can be interrupted because you can have heckle chucked in and all that but I just love when you see an audience take on board what you're saying, go with you, you see a couple of light bulbs go off, and I just love that feeling, Of seeing how, how you've helped people. I, I just I love it. Um, so
0: basically, so. it gives you joy.
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah.
0: Excellent. And have you had uh, any speaking gigs where you're just like, oh, my God, that was pants. I want to erase that from my memory. Never again. Has is, is that happened to you?
1: But judging by my uh, facial, my, my body language right now, of course it has. And you put me on the spot, and I'm going to try and struggle to remember exactly where. I, okay, I'll give you one where it ha- happened. Um, this this wasn't a speaking gig as such, but uh, I, I talk about this as a as a how to get out of a, a crap situation. Basically, I was booked to speak at a BNI group. BNI groups tend to run early morning. If you don't know BNI, um, there's other times, but this this was an early morning one, uh, and I lived maybe. I'm going to say a good 45 minutes, you know, in traffic, it would be well over an hour, but early in the morning, maybe 45 minutes away. And I always knew it would happen at some point, but for whatever reason, I didn't set the alarm properly. And it just, it just, <laughs> I didn't wake up. And I, I, the first thing I knew was being woken up. And if the meeting started at seven, I, my alarm went off at 7.05 or something and I was supposed to be there then. And well, I just jumped in the car as quick as I could, drove, Probably way too fast. Got there, and I walked in just at the point when I was supposed to be talking uh, or just being introduced. And the only thing I could do <laughs> was just say, "Well, the value of being on time is." And I just, <laughs> I had to just add limit. it. I, I could, I couldn't have lived it down. There's been other occasions as well, but that's that's one that comes 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 to mind straight away.
0: But you just crack on. Yeah, yeah
1: Yeah. I, I, exactly. I use that as an example of how if I if I tried to do what I'd planned to do, it would have been a disaster a property with no one would be listening no one would be taking your credibility come back to that credibility thing if i just turned it around and made um, on self-deprecating made a lot of fun of myself after then people took the message and had we had a good laugh about it but yeah it's stuff happens sometimes (laughs) doesn't it
0: (laughs) excellent okay uh next question what's the book that's had most impact on your life and why
1: uh, I love start with why Simon's in it. I just think it's the best book on leadership there is. I talk about it. I, I talk about it a lot in talks. But I, I whenever people recommend books to me, I, I, I or ask for my recommendation, I'll always go with that one on leadership. Another one I love. Sorry, you've asked for one, and I'm giving right. you two. This is the least cool title, but it belies the book that's behind it, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Lencioni, uh,
0: know, yeah. You
1: know, uh, yeah, you do. Uh, it's just a, and why is it good? Because it's told in form of a story, uh, and it's, it's an excellent one. If you haven't read it, definitely pick that one up. It's all about uh, leading a team. Uh, a lot of stuff I listen to, or I, I say listen to. I definitely, I'm rubbish at reading. Uh, <laughs> I I never actually read books. I do it all by uh, by listening. But yeah, that that one's a good one as well. Plenty of others as well. But uh, yeah, that, those two stand I
0: mean, out. Oh, it's good. Patrick Lencioni stuff's not come up in the past, but he, I've, had, I've read a lot of his stuff, and they they are they do absorb you because they're exactly right they're all story filled yeah, um, so really powerful okay uh what's the best bit of business advice you've had and why
1: best bit of business advice. i'm going to give you something from my dad i lost my dad a few years ago he was uh, in bni with me uh, or brought me into bni uh, once upon a time but the best business advice he gave me was surround yourself with better people than yourself you you can't know everything you can't Let's face it, when it comes to a a spreadsheet or a contract, I'm I'm useless. You know, don't try and do stuff you can't do. So you you often see it, and I think you uh, don't want to make this a political thing, but we see it sometimes recently with uh, recent things going on. Let's just put it that way, where the person in charge thinks they know better than everyone. I just don't think it's ever possible. And they try and, you know, just have their cronies in. And and, uh, I'm, I'm getting political with it, but forget that. a best leader will recognize that they're not very good at quite a lot of things and they'll get people who are good at them and they'll just let them do their work. Uh, And I think that's, that's the message I took. from
0: Brilliant. No, that's really true. Absolutely. And the last question then, if you could have any mentor and they can be alive or dead, fictional or non-fictional, who would you choose and why?
1: I'm tempted to try and give two answers again, but I can't. One it's almost that quick because as I just said with my dad, it lost, I lost him seven years ago and I would give anything to be able to have a conversation and have him as my mentor again. And for, for obvious reasons, that's not a fair answer. I won't give, I've given it, but I'm not using it as my answer. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: understand. Yeah.
1: There's someone I, I mentioned earlier. I love formula one. Um, and there's just someone in formula one who I really, I don't know if you know formula one So this person, you may, may say the name and you'll know what I'm talking about, but um the boss of the mercedes formula one team a guy called toto wolf um very successful guy um just an awesome leader the way he approaches things the way he has led his team to success obviously that's a, a big part of it I, I just think he's got a lot to go for him he's also really tall like all the best people are i'm six foot five he's about the same height so you know we can have a proper tall uh, tall discussion uh no i i just think he's uh Knowing well, I'm saying it partly because I love Formula One and I'd love to just (laughs) chat to him about it, honestly. But yeah, he'd be he'd be someone I'd love to have a conversation with.
0: That's brilliant. Toto, what's his surname?
1: Toto Wolf, W-O-L-F-F.
0: What a cool name as well. Ah, there you go. Well, listen, thank you so much for everything that you've shared. If people want to work with you um to learn more about becoming a better networker to book you for speaking bring you into their company what's the best place where's the best place for them to go
1: i'd say there's probably two places uh, number one linkedin is an obvious one uh, very uh, generally very active on linkedin so by all means get in touch with me there or my website's probably the, the other one uh unnatural success.com
0: okay cool and we'll put links in the show notes to those now before we Say goodbye. Is there anything else that you think that you need to say in order to call this interview complete?
1: What I want people to do: enjoy networking. Just get out networking. It is so rewarding when done correctly. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't do it correctly and try and do the hard selling or whatever else that we, we've talked about. So, yeah, do it properly. Build those relationships, and you'd be amazed. You know, the, biz- the this business success and the stories of growth that I've seen. You know, throughout a career in networking uh, are just unbelievable. So yeah, embrace it. Um, and if you're not sure how to do that or feel you, your team wouldn't want to be able to do it or don't know how to do that and would be uncomfortable with it, give me a shout and uh, we'll, we'll chat it through.
0: Brilliant. Charlie, thank you so much for sharing all of that stuff with us today. Best of luck with the new venture and uh, look forward to coming across you speaking or on LinkedIn uh, as you move forward. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate it
0: there you are. There were some great tips there for getting out of our heads and into the networking game. You've got to be on the field rather than in the spectator stands. And as I said, I'm a lot better, but I believe I'm still a work in progress when it comes to the conversation part of networking, the pitching bit I love. As you'd expect, since I've written a book on pitching, but I'll certainly be putting some of these tactics that Charlie shared into use when I go networking next, which is actually and I think it's tomorrow morning. Um, and if you want to go deeper into this stuff, then do pay a visit to Charlie's website, or pick up one of his books. And all the links for those are in the show notes. Also. If you want to make the most of the speaking slot in networking events, because they all pretty much have one of those, then do check out my masterclass coming up very soon. It's live, interactive, there's a workbook, you'll get some coaching and I'll be taking you step by step through my blueprint for a talk that just doesn't engage, but also gets your audience into action. And the latest results uh, for someone using the Heart Map Blueprint, which is what I'll be taking you through, is uh, a lady called Kyla. She's going to come on the show, Kyla, and she a second time out with her signature talk. She did the whole signature talk program. She converted forty percent of her audience, which is amazing. Cold audience, her target audience. But her signature talk worked so well, 40% of them signed up to her membership. So great result there. And that's what I'll be taking you through. What she used, the signature talk structure, I'll be taking you through in that masterclass. And if you want to find out more about that and grab your spot, then head over to saraharcher.co.uk slash masterclass. Do hurry. This last one for 2022 is just next week, I think. And it's priced very, very reasonably uh, this year. In the new year, it will be at least tripling, if not more. So uh, don't miss out on a bargain this side of 2023. Cool. Well, listen, thank you so much again for joining me, for choosing to listen to The Speaking Club. I really appreciate it. I know there's so many more podcasts out there now, lots of them about speaking. I'm sure they've also got some good stuff uh, to offer. So do, you know, listen up to multiple. There's no, no always more than one source of the truth, but I hope you get value from the Speaking Club. I love sharing the tips and tricks that I have to share with you, but also have great guests to give you bits of gold too. Um, if you do like the show, subscribe, if you're not already subscribed. And do leave a rating uh, and or review if you are a regular listener uh, or if it's your first one, you got a lot out of it. And you can do that over at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC or on the um, platform that you're listening it to it too you know if you, you want to leave it out our podcast or if you're listening to it on a podcast app they'll also have an option for you to leave a review there but it'll just take 2 minutes at ratethispodcast.com/tsc and yeah really appreciate it well listen thank you so much again for joining me and I'll be back again next week in the meantime you know what i'm going to say don't forget to go out and grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. If you want to be more memorable and engaging when you talk, then you need to share more stories. Stories can help you better connect with your audience and their problems and get them leaning in more powerfully than anything else. And short, snackable stories are great to use in pitches, Facebook Lives, podcasts, videos, keynotes, webinars, blogs, in fact, everywhere to share your message and grow your business. The trouble is that finding your snackable stories and confidently sharing them can feel like a struggle and that struggle can slow you down or stop you in your tracks. But that's where my free snackable story challenge comes in. Over the course of just five days, I'm going to give you resources, training and coaching to help you find your authentic personal stories to share and build your skills and confidence in sharing them. Not only that, but the challenge will guide you towards a tangible result at the end and assets for you to use going forward. The next challenge is starting soon. So to grab your space, go to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge right now.